Ladies and gentlemen, this is Recorded Podcast. Welcome to 2021. Soldier boy Dre. Oh, we made it. Turn me up just a little bit in the headphones. Worldwide, international. Nigga, we made it. Hey, we made it. Nigga, we made it. Hey, damn, we made it. Yes, yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to 2021. Nigga, we made it. We are excited to be here. We excited for life, peace, love, and prosperity. I say that on 11-11. I don't really understand what 11-11 is, but I hear it's something good. So that's my mantra. And my mantra for this year is definitely um, just grind without uh uh like expectation that's it grind without expectation just grind 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 keep going and just if 2020 taught you anything and i really really hate that everybody's like oh i just hated that year and stuff like that that could have happened any year it just happened at this corona shit changed the landscape of our lives uh going forward um 100 years from now Maybe we, I remember, man, on this fucking podcast, I made a joke about like some polio or some shit. And like, oh, yeah, it's probably like polio. But it was really fucked up back then. But we're like 100 years removed. So I didn't know shit. And I'm just basically talking shit. But now, 100 years from now, people are probably going to make a joke like, oh, what the fuck, Corona? Is it Corona? But we passed that. But nigga, we made it. Um, I'm really, really excited. I really have a lot of things in store for this year. A lot of great positive things. And one of the things is I really want to start this series. I definitely got to get on um, YouTube and do some clips and do different things. And this is one of them. So I want to bring it to the podcast first. My vision was this uh, new thing I want to come up with called my first album. Music has been amazing it had been really good in the pandemic and a lot of people has been going back to old music and a lot of people have been going back to old things that make them feel good because a lot of us has been stuck in the house and dealing with things we didn't want to deal with so music has played a big role I always ask people would you rather have movies or music because people love both but I think music is just different you have it in the car your parents like a certain music you like a certain music the radio and it just brought me back to my first album so i want to talk to people about their first album and today i want to talk about my first album man let's go rockefeller you know what this is we're giving y'all five seconds to put your dream down and report to the dance floor immediately all the buses we're giving y'all five seconds to get close to an exit it's about to get real ugly in here Five seconds is up. Let's go. Throw the hands up. Uh, uh, Throw uh, the hands up. Niggas. Throw the hands up. Bitches. Throw the hands up. Busters. Throw the hands up. 
know how Matt come through on the club, chick. Oh, the, oh, fuck, I don't know the words, but my wife always try to roast me and clown me about not knowing the words. But if you don't know, that is the beautiful sounds of Do It Again, a song off of my first purchase ever, which is Jay-Z's album, Volume 3, Life and Times of Sean Carter. Man, this album came out. On December 28th of 1999, the boy Young Reg was a young 12-year-old kid and just really, really was starting to love music and really find my own music and was wanting to purchase my own music. And that was my first purchase. But Jay-Z was getting big and he was around. He wasn't big, of course, as he is now. But one of the songs, let me give you a song that really got him popping. Let, let's see if y'all remember this. This is a song that really put him on the map. If people notice this dude is really going to be a problem. Let me take y'all back a little bit. Take the bass line out. Uh-huh. 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 Yeah. Let it bump, though. Uh-huh. From standing on the corners, bopping, from dropping some of the hottest cars New York has ever seen, to dropping some of the hardest verse New York has ever heard, in a dope spot with a coke spot, you know me to murder scenes, you know me well from nightmares of a lonely cell, up between young, young, young niggas know me the bell, fuck nah, we're all my niggas with the rubber grips, a bus shots, and if you with me, mama rub your tits and whatnot, I'm from the school of the hard knock, we must not let outsiders violate our block, uh, and we go to the door and said it 50-50. Uh-huh. Hey, get to go, we get real jissy. Uh-huh. As if to go, we get pissy-pissy. Flow infinitely like a memory of my nigga Biggie. Baby, you know what's hell when I come through. The life and times of Sean Carter, nigga, volume two. It's the hard knock life. Yes, sir, man. Hard knock life. Like my wife said, I don't know the words, but that was the album, man. That was... 1998, like I said before, this album, Life and Times, came out in 1999, but that shit right there is what really, really put Jay-Z on people's radar, like, I mean, like, popular music, like, I heard of Jay-Z and heard his songs before, like, I remember I heard Ain't No Nigga because it was on the Nutty Professor soundtrack, but I didn't know too much about Jay-Z because really... The shiny suit era, which was the bad boy era, which was Puffy and everybody, they was just taking over, man. I remember when I used to, uh, man, I used to watch videos, vividly remember watching videos a bunch before I went to school. I don't know what time, it probably was like 7 in the morning. MTV used to really play videos. I know a lot of y'all don't know about that, but MTV used to just play videos all the time. And one video that I used to see all the time that I really loved, and when the shiny suit era was crazy, crazy, because it wasn't, when Biggie was out, it was like they was taking songs from back in the day, uh, and I think this song I'm about to play, he said, don't I take hits, Puffy says, don't I take hits from the 80s and make him sound so crazy, because that's what he was doing, he was taking old hits and that's what he was doing with Big, and it was genius. He was taking hits that had commercial airplay because back in them days, you only had two 
song, two, three songs that'll play on the radio. You know, it was like music lasts way longer, months and months and months. Now it's a song coming out every day. It's hard to keep up. But back in those days, it was the shiny suit era, man. But this song, I used to hear it all the time. Hold on, let's see if you remember this one. You ready, Mace? Party people in the place to be. Uh-huh. It's about that time for us to... Yeah, uh-huh, yeah What you know about going out? Head west, red legs, TVs all up in the headrest Tryin' live it up, rock jewel, bigger truck Peace all glittered up, stick a kid, nigga what? Jig with a cut, sip crisp, spit it up Hoes rock, get your nut till I can't get it up I'm a big man, get this man room I done hit everything from Cancun to Grand Why you standing on the wall, hand on your balls? Uh, da, 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 da. Oh my God, man Yo, I really gotta learn some lyrics I gotta get some genius or something like that but that was it, man. That feels so good. Like, it was just it, man. And that's a, man, music, like, I was into the popular music. And MTV, BET, that's all we did back in the day. Like, our people just stay on Instagram. We just watch videos all day long. That was, like, the vibe. And that's what everybody was doing. And, and my world, really, wrestling was it man wrestling was everything i used to just watch wrestling live eat breathe sleep wrestling i wasn't into sports like that i would only watch the super bowl i didn't watch football at all until probably like 2005 or something like that i just i watched basketball um around this time 1999 going into the 2000 uh nba season that's when tim duncan became begin his reign of terror the sad shit was man he had to do it against my knicks my knicks was an afc barely made in the playoffs made it all the way to the championship just to get dominated in a 4-1 series to the spurs man but it was just like music was cool and everybody was feeling it and they was vibing it to it and they was just like yo like but when you 12 you kind of getting your own taste you like i know what i want i'm about to be a teenager i gotta start making my own decisions making my own moves and for me i just was like yo like you know like i said earlier this album came out on december 28th of 1999 so what i wanted to do with my christmas money because that at that age 212 is like yeah i don't really play the toys like that you know what i'm saying like you're trying to get into girls and you're trying to get into different things. So for me, I was like, I want my own money. And with my own money, you had to go to an actual store for those that remember. And you had to purchase a CD. So for me, I was like, yo, Jay-Z got that hard knock life. He had that. He got a new uh, single. Uh, what I started out with, man, uh, do it again. That was a song that I really was feeling. I used to see that video on right before I went to school. So it was like, yo, I think I'm going to get this album. And when I got this album, I remember I had a bunk bed and I stayed on the top bunk. Um, I don't know why uh, that's a bad thing in jail, but I digress. I guess it's like kind of weird if you like going to get on the top bunk, but I digress. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that was my first album, man. And you just got to understand that that time... Um, it was just like something like to remember. And that's what I want to get into. I'm going to come out with a YouTube. Uh, I'm definitely going to make a video about this right here because I want to get into more. Please tell me your first album. We could talk about it. We could chop it up. We could do some things uh, with the podcast or some clips. 
but I man, my first album, man, it was that, man. This CD right here and it was just amazing for me to get it. You know, um music was really at a weird time. It was coming out of the East Coast, West Coast cuz Biggie had died in 97. This album came out in 99. So you know, and the weird thing was it was a uh uh a lot of talks of um Jay-Z not really being bigger than Biggie. And even like uh, if you go back and watch and Jay-Z has talked about this many, many times, man, Bad Boy was just on top. Like, I don't think you understand. Like, if you lived it, you know, but Bad Boy was just the biggest shit in the world. They had so many songs. They had even after Biggie died, they had the biggest song in the world. Y'all know what it is. was the biggest song ever and it just was like the bad boy rain was just not going anywhere so it was just really hard for people to grasp like anything else and then like with the killings and stuff because like tupac died and that's one thing because he's always getting into it with people and then you know the media and that's where you got to be careful with media and stuff like that because they started this whole east coast west coast and really fueled it and you know egos and pride and people getting money and it just really fueled the east coast west coast and it was like going into killing and you know rap was getting a bad rap because it was like yo it's too violent and look at what's happening to these young brothers and all this stuff is happening so rap was in a weird place but it was it's been around for a long time like almost you know probably like 15 years at this time or a little bit early i gotta see when rappers delight came out but it was just different and then biggie was larger than life he was the biggest rap star he was with puffy they was making hits so jay-z was in a weird place but jay-z man he was starting to make a name for himself with that hard knock life and jay-z just kept persevering and just making hits and finding his way and jay-z was a smart businessman he always had his ear to the street and he found something in the south and he knew the south was coming and he found a song and he had the vision for a song that i hated at first but he knew it was the one that's you with that bad ass business huh? that's you that can't keep old ed because you keep fucking the friends huh? You gotta go to court, huh? You got service subpoena for child support, huh? That was that nerve, huh? You ain't even much get a chance to say a word, huh? 
I know you just ain't gonna let a nigga come and punk you, huh? Stand in front you, huh? Straight up punk you, huh? You know got that fire you green, huh? You know how to use a triple beam, huh? Shit ain't hard as it seems, huh? You keep your body clean, huh? You got a lot of your bold jeans, huh? Some of your partners don't seem, huh? You don't really wanna fuck with them niggas, huh? You come up with them niggas, huh? You stuck with them niggas, huh? You a baby chaser, you got your black on Remain in the G until the moment you aspire, you know what it is. And making something out of nothing, you handle your biz and all that crying and that suffering. Boy, I remember watching this video at this time when this song came out. I think it was 98. And I lived in um, New Jersey. And I lived with my dad, but it was kind of crazy on that block. Uh, and it wasn't no kids really on our block. So I really spent a lot of time in the house watching videos like i said like that was the thing to do back in them days man so i would just watch a bunch of videos and i remember it was a little call show called yo mtv rap if you know you know so i remember watching yo mtv rap she's come on like friday or saturdays at night and i remember watching and this video came on for her and it was just these country dudes and they got their shirt off and they just like, you want to do it here, huh? You want to do it here, huh? You want to do it And I was born in 87, so I knew a little bit about hip-hop. And I was like, bro, this ain't it. And it wasn't like I didn't like South Music because I lived in Virginia. And, uh, you know, Timberland and Missy and all them, they were like big, you know. And they were from Virginia. But Virginia, too, at that time, so it was like, it was definitely the South but it still feel like more New York. And back in them days, New York was on top and everybody was trying to make New York style music and stuff like that. So like the South was coming. See, Master P was in the game, but Master P was smart. He came in rap for the business. He knew like, yo, this music business, these selling records is going to be a big deal. So he's more business orientated. He just he wasn't really huge on, you know, the lyrics. He said some real stuff. But in his own way, but his delivery and stuff like that, people didn't really take it that serious. And I didn't know too much about South rap and stuff. I like, you know, stuff like, you know, the 69 boys back in the day, Tootsie Roll and different people and stuff like that. Like more South people were probably singers that were more appreciated. But like I said, at that time, everybody was kind of trying to make a New York bass or new york sound or wanted to be accepted by new york like at that time too watching showtime at the apollo like all the acts wanted to go to the apollo to watch you know perform and have the crowd go crazy for them and then the thing was too is that um uh like if you go back i actually seen it look up destiny's child on the apollo in the crowd this is beyonce in the crowd is just stale and just sitting there and like not showing them no love they was bored with them nothing like so really getting a big love from new york was everything 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 man so at that time like that song came out huh and it was called huh and i was like this shit is trash like i remember being a young i was probably 11 i was like if this where hip-hop is going this shit is gonna be trash but my name's not Sean Carter, man. I'm not the genius. I'm not the business mind, man. Jay-Z, he knew that music was going towards the South. And I um I read a a Ringer article, uh, and it was talking about uh this album that I'm talking about right now. 
and they were talking about how you know uh jay-z would go and perform in the south and he knew like hey this shit is bubbling this song and Matt, like I said, Master P was big and he made big moves. It was just more of his business acumen. Like the music was there and he pumped out a lot of music, but he got a lot on his return. So it really didn't matter how much it sold. But he was getting more than somebody that technically sold more records than him, but he was getting more money and he was a businessman. Most rappers was coming from the drug game. So he was like, look, I'm a businessman. So. I'm came in this game to get money. I don't care about that top 10 rappers. I don't care about none of that stuff. I come in this game to make money. And that's exactly what he did. He was very successful. Shout out to Master P. Please watch those No Limit Chronicles. Listen to that Flowers episode of This Is Recorded Podcast. Man, and, but Master P just was more in the like, hey, this is a business act, man. And Master P had a chance to sign cash money, but he didn't. And they talk about it on the No Limit Chronicles. But anyway... This Hun song, I thought it was garbage. I thought it was trash. I was like, I don't know how anybody wants that. But I read this Ringer article from Donnie Kwok. I want to give a lot of credit where credit is due. And I want to tell people, man, about, um, you know, that time in like, yo. But like, Jay-Z took what happened was in this Donnie Kwok article I read. He said that Jay-Z had took that song, huh, after going in New Orleans and, I guess, doing clubs because a lot of rappers was doing small clubs. It wasn't these big old tours and stuff like that. Like, R&B was big, but rap was still on its way up. I remember my first R&B tour, my first tour ever was the No Way Out. It's so crazy. I just played that song, I'll Be Missing You. But that was my first ever concert at... Uh, Puffy, The Locks, Little Kim, I think Busta Rhymes is on it. Shit, Jay-Z might have been on it. I don't really remember because, like I said, Jay-Z was still trying to be on a come-up, and a lot of people, his first album didn't really sell like that. It was a classic later on, and a lot of people couldn't relate to the bars of getting money and stuff like that. They couldn't relate, but Jay-Z, being the genius that he was, Jay-Z hears the song, huh? He see what it's doing in the clubs in New Orleans and stuff like that. So he took it upon himself to get the track and put a verse on it. And Jay-Z was on the remix to it. So like I told you earlier, being solidified in New York was a big thing. And once they got solidified in New York, meaning cash money and juvenile and everybody, it was like they came to New York and got a lot of love. And this famous club, the tunnel, was a thing. You know, and um, if you don't know, if you're listening, Lil Wayne was a part of that crew, Cash Money, a young 16-year-old little dude rapping, and he's just rapping like whatever, and I was like, oh, I don't really see it for him or nothing like that, but man, boy, was I wrong, and Jay-Z was being the Jay-Z that he was, so Jay-Z, man, he gets on this remix, he's, it goes crazy, and then the song kind of grows on me, man, and then it just was like... I became a fan and you know I was like I don't uh, you know I, I guess I still didn't really love the song hum back then but I started to like juvenile and the different things he uh was doing but the song that made me like juvenile and really go into my south bag of hip-hop was this one right here 
a big time, a flipper, yeah, play a digger, yeah, play a hit, a flipper, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, I don't know the words to nothing, man, but I do know, man, that juvenile back that ass up. When I heard that shit, I was like, yo, I ain't really fuck with that hunt like that, but this song is a fucking problem. And when I heard it, man, it just like was like, yo, this is crazy. Like, this is like, man, this song is just amazing. So I just really got in the juvenile and I became a Cash Money, Hot Boys, Lil Wayne, BG, Turk, Manny Fresh Beats was amazing to me, man. And I just became a super duper fan of like everything like the south hip-hop and i you know it was like oh yeah i used to live in virginia so i know and stuff like that so man that's when the shit took off but jay-z was that visionary man he was that guy that you know this really really seen what was going on but me i was a little bit of a visionary because it's a song off that volume three that sean carter my first album man that I thought was a hit, and I knew it was a hit, and in that Donnie Kwok article on The Ringer, he said that this song was ahead of his time, but I just always have an ear, I always tell myself, damn, I should have been an A&R, but this song was the one that I thought was crazy, but it didn't really do good. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Man. Uh-huh. MC, That's right. Swiss Beats, uh-huh. song right there i was like yo this shit is crazy and then you know later on when i learned you know i used to read the credits and in the intro of this album he talks about i know you ripping and packaging off your cd you know and shit like that but i was like yo this beat is crazy and it was by swiss beats swiss beats also watch that rough rider chronicles these both the no limit chronicles and rough rider chronicles are both on bet if you don't have the app, go ahead and steal somebody password that still have cable. You know the deal. Um, but yeah, that was just I was like, yo, this beat is crazy. It sounds crazy. And that was like I love those weird futuristic sounds. Uh later on the Neptunes would get big, man. I was a huge, huge fan of them, man. Like Pharrell and Chad and all them, man. And like I was like, yo, that song was gonna do good. And in that Donnie Kwok article also, I was reading and it was saying that song didn't do well. And usually, you know, having somebody like Mariah Carey was a big, big deal. But that song didn't do well because it was another song on the album that, you know, uh, Jay-Z also being a visionary and just, you know, knowing that the South was coming and he had to be connected he put that single out. People wasn't feeling it like that, so he had to go in another direction, man. He had to go, you know what I'm saying? It's big pimping, baby. It's big pimping, spinning Feel me? Wow. 
thug em, fuck em, love em, leave em. But I don't fucking need him. Take him out the hood, have him looking good. But I don't fucking feed him. Talk about talk about what's the reason? I'm a pimp ever since of the word bitch. Better trust him and leave him. Uh, in the cut when I keep him. Will I need a nut? Tell him need to get it what to this beep beep to the picking the truck. Let him lay with the dick in the truck. Of course, he bit it bust. Or she get it tough. Hey, you got a good head. I'm break bad, so you can be living up. Shit, I cost for nothing, never fronting. Me giving my heart to a woman, not for nothing, never happen. I be forever macking. Hope go to the session. I got no passion, I got no patience, and I hate waiting. Hope get your ass here and let's ride. Ah, 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 ah. Man, I almost had all the words to that one, man. Y'all see me try to catch that. Big Pimpin' was the one. Big Pimpin' was the one to put him on the map. Just really like a new sound. Timbaland, UGK was super underground. But they came up and they got with Jay-Z. And Jay-Z just kept his ear to the street. He was so smart. He knew what he was doing, so he got them. And I remember they said Pimp C did not want to get on this song. He did not like the commercial. He knew that olden boys from New York and they doing all that stuff. But uh, Bun B was telling them it'd be a good look for us, and they got on. And you know, I started liking them, and it helped them. And everything is marketing. Everybody is who you know, not what you know. So they got on there, man, and it just was crazy, man. It was just like, yo. Big Pimpin' was just it, man. Uh, you know, I just, like, really, really loved that song, man. And I was like, damn, this shit is crazy. But the, thong, the song I thought was going to take over, it really didn't take over. But, man, just listening to this album and listening back to it, man, it just made me feel like, damn, like, I didn't really under... I always liked the... You know, I always, like, had an ear, and I always wanted to play, like the popular shit or the stuff for like DJs like I do love hip-hop and I love bars and stuff like that there's a couple songs he got on there man uh uh I think he got so ghetto was one that I swear I used to be in my room like yo I feel like I could freestyle to this or something like that man but he just man he just like had an ear and he just knew what he wanted and he knew where everything was going and on this album with listening to it for this podcast and for the episode I'm gonna drop on YouTube for this I just was like wow like he just knew and he talked about ownership and he talked about moving into rockerware and clothing and stuff like that and he knew that music was going in a different direction like I said this was 1999 shit everybody thought the world was gonna end because the year 2000 it was gonna be weird it was fucking stupidest thing in the world but this is what we thought back then but um jay-z man it's just like this is my first album It's very special to me and it just was a good time and i love to hear y'all first album and comment leave some comments leave some ideas thank you for listening this is recorded but you know it just was like it was a big time and a big moment and it was like this album in my research and listening you know he was talking about different clothes and different things but a lot of people didn't really love this album but it had some the standout song obviously was big pimping everybody in the world knows that song they're like oh man that song is crazy i like the beat 
I like something to it. If they don't know the words, they know that song. Everybody's heard that song before. But Jay-Z, man, he just was a visionary. He knew, and I keep talking about it and never spitting it out, but music was going in a different direction because people was getting a lot of money from Bad Boy era and stuff like that. So, you know, it was just like, damn, like, music is on top. But music was about to change because Napster and LimeWire was coming. And what Napster and LimeWire was was a music downloading system. So people were getting very familiar with their computers and learning more about computers. And what people were doing was they was downloading songs instead of buying CDs. And I mean, obviously now we're in 2021 and everybody streamed music and it's been like that for a long time and it's helping the music industry now. But I would say from that early 2000s till streaming started, music wasn't selling like that. It was really hard to sell music, at least hip hop and, you know, R&B music. But with the streaming, you know, they got a little grasp on it and they find ways to make more money. But now it's kind of hard because, you know, there's no touring and stuff like that now. But Jay-Z on this album, if you listen back to it and I listen to it, my 33 year old ears, I see that he was talking about ownership. He was talking about still being him, even though he was around all these white people. And on I took the guns to Grammys. He talked about, you know, like, you know, the trials and tribulations of the streets. And he talked about it the whole time on Reasonable Doubt. But it was real, like, deep and good. But this album in my research, they said a lot of people didn't really like it. But going back and listening to it, I was like, man, he just was always too ahead, I think. And I think he was just way, way, like, on a whole nother wavelength. As you can see, he's a billionaire now. He's doing so many things. He has an amazing wife, amazing career. He's helping out a lot of people and doing a lot of things, man. But Jay-Z, man, this album... You know, it's just like my first album it was special to me. And Jay-Z, uh, you know, two years later, on a crazy date, September 11, 2001, he dropped a blueprint, which is held, uh, if it's not reasonable doubt, it's Jay-Z, it's the blueprint, which is considered Jay-Z's most complete and amazing album, man. And that album, like, changed everything, and it's still sold and it came out on September 11th when the Twin Towers went down and the world was under attack. People still went out and bought that CD. Also, um, Fabulous first CD came out then. That's also a little fact. But it was just amazing. It was an amazing time for me in my life. The world was different. The world was just simple back then. It was no stressing and worrying. And I was a kid, and I didn't know what life had to hold. And Things was, it was no social media, it wasn't too much negativity, it wasn't all these kids being depressed and wondering who they are and this and that, and, you know, music was just trying to find a way, and the South was about to explode, and things were just good, you know, and positive, but, you know, it was just that, man, listening back to this album, and I would love to hear, like I said earlier, man, your ideas, I'm gonna get some people on here to talk about their first album but, man, this was just an amazing time in my life. I remember everything about it. And we just need to do more of that, more simple stuff, the old stuff we used to do, whatever it is that makes you feel better. 
because each year could be a terrible year for somebody, not just 2020. So just moving on, just do more things, whatever it is. Uh, I like to light candles now. Like, I don't know why, but I just got into that. Um, and I like to just do things with what I have. I might shoot video, this video on an iPhone, you know, and just doing things and buying things that I want and getting my life in order, eating right and really trying and doing things. And that's what it is. That's what I wanted to do just to bring people down memory lane or educate some and just make people feel good. And just really, we need more of that. 2021 and going on man and we just need more of that man we just need more positivity more love and we just need everything man and, but you know hey let's just have a good time let's just party man and let's just uh, just uh keep it going from the 99 2000s man from the 2021 on and let's uh, everybody let's just have a good time bro this is recorded. Smoking out, pouring up, keeping lean up in my cup. All my car got living wood in my hood. We call it buck. Everybody wanna ball. Holly brawl at the mall. Beat me up, watch them fall. Nigga, I can't fuck with y'all. If I wasn't rapping, baby, I would still be by Mercedes. Coming down and sipping daily. No record tell why they pay me. Now what y'all know about them Texas boys coming down to candy toys, smoking weed and talking noise.